All right, we're here with Chris Wade from, uh, you know, he's a producer of Chapo Trap House. He's got his own show called uh, and, and Introducing. And uh, now we're introducing him on this show. How's it going, Chris? Uh, I am doing well. How are you guys doing? I think I'm doing... I'm doing better now than I'm going to be doing in like five minutes once we start listening to all this like <laughs> CanCon comedy folk here. Uh, Yet again, we're taking a voyage into the heart of darkness that is Canada. That's right. This horrible foreign country. We just hear these awful tales of radio announcers with harems. and <laughs> Yeah. Just, I have not heard that one. Oh, that's the, uh, well, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But it's uh, our friend from Moxie Fruvis. Oh, Gian yes. Gian Gomeshi. Yes. Well, I have heard that one. Serial then. abuser Gian Gomeshi. Yes. See, it's funny. Like, if I knew about this kind of Canadian music when I was younger, I probably would have strongly held it against Canada. I was just lucky that I found out about Canadian music in the era of, like, Arcade Fire and Wolf Parade and all that stuff, you know? But, Chris, you got into this stuff when you were younger, so I think we need to get into that story. <laughs> yeah. Well... This is a uh, this is a definitely something that was introduced to me through like Napster, and I, I've talked about this a lot on and introducing about uh, kind of the the this whole genre of like comedic musical detritus that was in the first generation of file sharing, where it would just be like like a very low resolution file of somebody singing a pop song in a Yoda voice over yeah, like a MIDI beat and it would be like attributed like Weird Al, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. uh, Ray of Light, Yoda version. <laughs> uh, and so you just collect all these MP3s and eventually through, so, somehow through this, I found one of these bands and then that just opened this door into this weird Canadian comedy folk circuit that I found to be such a, a bizarre novelty that I, I became fascinated with it. Yeah, that's so funny. Like me and Alex have talked on here about that same kind of stuff, like Big Bird and Kermit smoke weed or whatever. Yeah. But it's just like by random circumstance, you discovered a whole different wormhole than we ever did, you know? Yeah, well, literally wormhole with the uh, the arrogant worms. The uh, Show me their <laughs> arrogant wormholes. All that stuff still exists. Tom shows it to me. Guys singing pop songs in a Yoda voice. With horrible production value. I, I think you can He have, seeks it out and it's just it's still going on. I think you can officially add that as like a, a subgenre of American folkways. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> like we need we need to get a guy from the Smithsonian to go around with a field recorder and just find all the different guys singing pop songs as Yoda in like different hamlets and hollers throughout the country. That's exactly our feeling about John Acapinti with his just weirdly vocoder fucked up patriotic songs you know like that's real folk music it belongs yeah, in exactly. a museum <laughs> or at least a uh, like a, a 30 volume vinyl release from the government yeah that you can get this at is the actually library. where yeah all of us are headed in this direction like you know 10 to 15 years from now once like chapo and e1 and everything is like past its prime this is what all of us talking right now are going to make our project is <laughs> like opening a museum where we just collect all this internet detritus we have to yes. preserve the artifacts it's uh it's, it's funny though because like you know the with the john acapintis and uh like yoda and big bird smoke weed like, I feel like that is true outsider art, whereas the Canadian stuff that you unfortunately stumbled on in your 
and you're like travels through the catacombs of LimeWire or whatever. That <laughs> that, that that cursed uh, music was kind of like the default pop setting for at least like two two and a half years in Canada in the nineties. Like it was on every single radio station. It, it, dominated the juno awards you know uh yeah i had no idea that this was like actually a thing this this felt very like indie to me uh when i was when i was finding it um but it also in its own way feels like for the 90s like the horrible dark uh id of like kids in the hall or something oh yeah yeah definitely yeah. It's, it's like the uh it's like the counter reflection of kids in the hall. anything good about kids in the hall is reflected yeah. as like just banal horror of Moxie Fruvis and fucking uh, shuffle demons, you know? <laughs> yes. I think it's funny, too, that, like, on this show before, we've talked about, like, world music and, like, white guys who discover, like, you know, gamelan music or something and get really into it. You, it's like you almost did a version of that, but in, like, <laughs> the smallest leap possible <laughs> yes. to Canada. It would be funny if I had, like, a garage, uh, like, a garage punk band in high school when I was getting into this and came in one day and was, like, you know, it was, like, David Byrne bringing in a, a, a African drums to, to the uh, uh, Fear of Music sessions, but being, like, no, we need to start playing accordion and singing about uh, <laughs> Canadian authors. Yeah. Everybody, I've gotten, uh, I've purchased you all jester hats. We're now buskers. <laughs> God, I forgot how mad the busking thing makes me in the King of Spain video. So annoying, man. Yeah, it's it's also, all this stuff is, you know, uncanny because it, just as I was saying, like, with the, uh, the Kids in the Hall thing, it's, like, one half of a step away from something that's actually good because also... You know, it reminds me of maybe like, um, uh, 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 God damn it. Who am, who am I thinking of? Dead Milkman? Not Dead Milkman. Uh, Gone Baby Gone added up. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Violent Femmes. Violent Femmes. Thank you. Uh, I just, yeah, okay. I just dropped that where they have this like kind of busking thing and they are very funny, like on purpose, uh, by design but are actually good and have their own kind of weird esoteric like language that they're speaking. Whereas all of this is just like, it feels very like Borscht Belt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like totally. 50s family comedy. I think, you know, you could look at it like the violent femmes are the Swiss chemist who discovered, you know, like the psychedelic properties of, uh, Ergot and LSD. And the Canadian bands are basically like, the uh, early MK Naomi MK Ultra uh, projects to take that to take that and uh, use it for evil. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's get some Moxie Fruvis going here. Big hits. Oh. Let's do it. My baby's the live performance. Moxie. Oh, that CD cover. That's so 1992. And that's their live right, album Valerie. is called Live We're Moxie Noise. from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, North America, and my baby loves a bunch of authors. They have the energy of an improv group, which is very disconcerting <laughs> for a band. They really do. There's one guy jumping up and down and clapping. See my story reading, baby. You should hear the things that she says. She says, I'm not dead. I'd rather go to bed with Gabriel Garcia Marquez. <laughs> God damn. Leave on the light for bell hooks. There's like NPR humor where yeah. they're not even making jokes about those authors. They're just saying their name. There's nothing clever about it, you know? Uh, that's what comedy is when you hear something that you've heard before. Yeah, what it's familiar to you. Yeah. yeah, when you put it that way, it's like Family Guy. William Burroughs, someone who uh, 
someone who was also not very nice to women. It's kind of foreshadowing. Yeah, they were trying to let us know. Which one is Jan? The one with the long uh, hair? He's the, yeah, he's the yeah. guy in the middle. Yeah. The one that looks like he the would uh, player. The one that looks like he would be a uh, abuser. Yes. Brand new novels. Uh, interestingly enough, Gian's tried to make a couple of comebacks lately, and one of them was funded by, uh, I think, an investor who has deep ties to uh, M.E.K. So that was, that was pretty funny for me. It got squashed almost immediately. Is he Iranian? Yeah, he's Iranian. Oh, no wonder then. They've got such a nice uh, group of people. M.E.K. or Moxie Frubis? Governments in exile are very funny. It just impresses me that Canada Canada is so like out of ideas for uh, cultural commentators that they need to like rehabilitate a sex offender, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, they, they should bring you on, Dan. You you have a just as interesting as perspective as uh, as Gian, if not more. And I, I will take the MBK money because because uh, I, I I love Albania and I would love to visit Ashraf Three. Their, their compound outside of Tirana would make just, uh, very good for me. Just uh, operating the uh, the CBC outpost of Albania. Yeah, yeah. CBC <laughs> 8, Tirana. Burning pages. Yeah! So something else that makes me really mad about this performance is there's four of them. And between them, they only have a snare and one guitar. Between four people. There's one guy whose job is just to jump up and down and clap and snap. Yeah, it's like like the awful version of that one guy from uh, Mighty Mighty Boston's. Yeah, totally. <laughs> He's the hype guy. Yeah. Well, they have to they have to have four to do their barber shop quartet vibe. Yeah, that's true. It's about as easy for them to load out as it is for a podcast, though. You just walk up with a snare in your hand. <laughs> yeah, these guys are <laughs> ahead together, of the curve with the economics of touring, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, they can all they can do their entire tour in a Honda Civic. Yeah, that's why they were such a culturally dominant force. <laughs> I'm wondering well, I'm, how much they actually even do <laughs> yeah, uh, outside of the greater Toronto area. Do you think they ever played like one show in New York and like it just didn't land and they had to like, <laughs> oh, no. turn tail and go back? I think they probably played one show in New York, like probably at pianos. They were probably like fifth of ten. Uh, it yeah. was it was one of those shows where there's a big guy at the door who says, "Who are you here to see?" And you get paid according accordingly, you know. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. There were probably five people in the audience. One of them was moderately famous, um, and they walked out and were like, "This is the greatest night of our lives, New York, baby." <laughs> Uh, I'm just looking at a map of uh, Canada, and I can only imagine that the this the shit part of touring Canada is getting from Toronto to Winnipeg. Oh yeah, man. Because <laughs> like... you can kind of you can kind of do a, a line of cities down from Quebec City to Toronto. Yeah. And then at least there's a good spread of them across the northern plains, but uh, that that drive across Ontario looks pretty dire in terms of uh, places you might play. Oh, it sucks. I mean, I've I've done that drive uh, on tour in a Greyhound. Like, it's it's truly a cursed part of the country. And um, <laughs> touring Canada is like a sucker's game if you're in a van. <laughs> uh, noted. Yeah, just go to the states. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine Many... being stuck in a Honda Civic with Gian Gomeshi and these guys for hours on end? Do you think they're practicing their harmonizing all the way? 
Oh, oh man, you're totally right. Like oh. listening to like really obnoxious shit. I don't know whether it's like show tunes or some or just like shitty like fifties barbershop, but they're probably listening to something really annoying and doing that. Yeah, they're all the uh, the type of people who um you know when people uh, who are actually good singers sing karaoke and insist on using their actual good singing voice to do it yeah. instead of just having fun? That's that, that's all these guys. I hate that. They're kind of dancing around like kids who are in a long car trip and just got out of the car. They're yeah. They're just skipping and jumping around and smiling. Can you get out of the car at the highway stop McDonald's? <laughs> uh, okay. Moxie Fervis cross Canada tour in a Civic or Five Finger Death Punch uh, Ohio only tour in a Kano line. I think Five Finger Death Punch every time. Yeah, no for, for sure. Way more fun. Yeah, I mean, I could. You can just stop at Ohio in an Econo line, and I'm pretty much signed on, no matter the company. Which one is more likely to get pulled over by the cops? I'd say Moxie well, Fervis. Because they're going through all yeah, these. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're not pulling these... over Five Finger Death Punch. No, if they pulled over Five Finger Death Punch, they would see who the band is, and the cops are going to have a tattoo of their band and be like, <laughs> oh, you can go. You know? They probably get a police license plate. <laughs> yeah. And the, the flashing lights. That's true. That one drummer did become a part time police officer in Indiana. So. <laughs> they're allies. Wait. <laughs> but if you're Moxie Fruvis and you're driving through, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Norwegian Gulch, Manitoba, and the one <laughs> cop in town sees Gian Gameshi at the wheel. He's pulling him over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just saddling up to them. So, you folks in a band or something? Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, you're in a band, but you only got one guitar and one snare drum? Uh, oh, fat st- chance. Yeah, that barely <laughs> constitutes a It's a great a cover story. Where are the drugs? <laughs> Where are you storing the drugs? It really is like half improv troupe, half band. Yeah. All right, just to keep getting mad before we get to the new stuff that you're going to show us, Chris, we got to hear King of Spain again. Just oh, to yeah, really we do. Get our, our blood uh, boiling. I think that the uh, maybe the most controversial take I'll bring to this uh, episode is that I, uh, that I think that there are some actually okay songs on their first album, but they're the ones where they're not trying to be like goofy and funny, and those aren't the hits. That's not like the thing that got them successful. Yeah, sometimes once one thing works for you, you just have to, like, chase it, you know? Yeah. Or at least they feel like they had to. Uh, they have a song about renting videotapes that I like, uh, okay, called Video Bargainville. Uh, they have a song about Laika, the, the Soviet space dog that I think is pretty okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of preceding Arcade Fire's Laika. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what is it with Canadians, uh, you know, obsessed with the space dog? I don't know. That's that's that's, that's where it landed. Gian Gomeshi should sue Arcade Fire over that. <laughs> that would be, that would be a great suit. Are those fucking finger puppets just to prove beyond doubt that this is children's music? Yeah. I know this is filmed in Toronto, but this has extremely high Quebec energy to it. <laughs> Hey, Yeltsin, got problems? You phone me. Now I eat humble pie. I'm telling you I was the king of Spain. Now I eat humble pie. Now the Leafs call me up to drive the Zamboni. I'm not sure what he thinks Spaniards sound like either. I'm not sure what voice this even is. It's funny guy voice. Yeah. I mean, it's the fucking Kermit the Frog singing pop songs voice. 
Jan looks, there. looks a lot like, uh, or just from certain angles, looks like Ephraim from Godspeed You Black Emperor and a couple of these shows. <laughs> That's just an observation. But... Now, some of you might be wondering how I came to be. One of the most annoying things about Gian Gomeshi is that his percussion parts are unbearably delicate. <laughs> He's got a light it's touch. It's just, just piddle paddle shit. But then when he has sex with a woman, he just starts wailing on her. Oh, God. That's the only time he fucking does anything. It's like... That is quite a juxtaposition. Ugh. Those are his two things, playing drums very lightly and playing human beings not very lightly. And we're going to shoot him into space like Laika. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The king of Spain never rushes. Once I was the king of Spain, now I eat Another thing that pervades this genre is the uh, assured sense that having a uh, inferiority complex about Canada is comedy gold. Oh yeah. Like all these bands are obsessed with uh, Canada being like a a you know a pathetic weak nothing country that uh that it's you know fun to be like a like the the hangdog underdog ah oh, gee shucks nobody cares about old canada yeah that still persists it's so weird it's like I, I feel like that was just imported by american comedians making fun of canada and then canadians just taking they it, it and being like running with it We're like oh this is this is what people think is funny okay <laughs> they're just naming stores that are the same as american stores uh we had to uh, I, in a way, I feel like we had to wait for like Drake to come around to have like a, a real Canadian Chad uh, invade American pop music. I guess uh, Snow. Uh, you guys know Snow. Oh yeah, like Informer. Informer. Yeah, I guess. Licky boom boom down. That's right. I he was he was kind of an attempted Canadian Chad, but uh, just failed. You know. I'm trying to think of any other pre-Drake Canadian Chads. Snow is Drake's dad. <laughs> True story. That's right. Uh, Drake is Snow's version of uh, Adonis. <laughs> so I think, Chris, you got to give us sort of an introduction to these other artists here. All right. I, well, the next two are um, uh, both, I believe, the original artist is uh, Arrogant Worms. Uh, but I believe I found this first song under the, uh, the title or under the... Um, artist captain tractor uh which uh i think is like a um canadian like irish like this is like um the canadian version of uh flogging molly Ugh. Uh, so let's listen to this this is uh the last saskatchewan pirate oh god well i used to be a farmer and i made a living fine i had a little stretch of land along the cb line but times went by and though I tried, the money wasn't there And the bankers came and took my land and told me fair is fair I looked for every kind of job, the answer always no Hire you now, they'd always laugh, we just let 20 go The government, they promised me a measly little sum But I've got too much pride to end up just another bum then I thought to give this video is not available for me. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. You're not missing much. Yeah, you guys all have to d describe it to me. <laughs> Can't believe they're barring Canadians from their own heritage here. Pathetic. Hey, hi, hey. Also, it turned into like pirate rock here. 
Oh, it's like Captain Dan and the pirate crew. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, all place references of Canada. When you see the Jolly Roger on Regina's Mighty Shore. There's some good pan flute, too. That shit sucks. That's Mike Love shit. Just naming a bunch of places across the country. These acoustic guitars sound like shit because they're like so dry. <laughs> it's pretty annoying, man. Yeah, it's like only the highest frequencies on an acoustic electric. Yeah, exactly. Okay, actually, I found it. Yeah, it's incredibly abrasive. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think even as, like, I don't know, a 13-year-old, I could get how cringe this was, but I don't know. Uh, Canadian comedic pirate rock also just kind of went for me, so (laughs) I don't know. But this song is uh, very extremely goofy. Does Saskatchewan have sea access? No, it is (laughs) landlocked, baby. Yeah, so many lyrics about a Mountie. It does seem kind of... It's getting at what you were saying, Chris. It's kind of like self-effacing, but not in a very cool way. It's Blue Lives Matter music. Okay, I'm looking at (laughs) a a map of Canada, getting my bearings here. Oh, Manitoba has CX. Manitoba does it? I don't think it does. Yeah, the Hudson Bay. Oh, there you go. Okay. It's not not a lot up there, but... Pretty frozen over. At least... If they want to secede, they have a better uh, chance than Alberta. Moxie Fruvis had, like, mercifully short songs most of the time, but this one's four-plus minutes here. Well, you need the four full vo- three full verses about being a pirate, and then the introductory verse about the uh, sociopolitical conditions that led to his modern Canadian piracy. That's right. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, I was... Les, we were just talking about that thing about, like, to these Canadian bands, the idea of Canada being, for some reason, inherently funny. I mean, I was susceptible to that. In, as, like, again, a 13-year-old, the idea of Canada was inherently funny to me. Yeah, it's yeah, like the South, South Park, Park movie, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What, they, what these guys should have done is marketed this music to Americans, but instead they marketed it domestically, which is really, really weird. Yeah, just they should have had Primus do the song. <laughs> <laughs> that would rip. I would enjoy that. It would be like the sequel to uh, John the Fisherman. Yeah, sailing the seas of wheat. When you see the Jolly Roger on like doing songs about Mounties is like a Chicago artist. Like, what if Kanye did songs about like deep dish pizza? You know? <laughs> or the like, come on, man. Yeah, the Bean. Exactly. Yeah, what if someone did a song about the Bean who was from here? <laughs> In order to get cheap laughs on Twitch. Has anyone eulogized the bean in song? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's still there. Someone should blow up the bean or steal it. <laughs> they really should. Bean it's heist. a horrible piece of art. Uh, where you, you can immediately tell like the time in somebody's life or like on Facebook when they visited Chicago by just a billion obnoxious pictures of the bean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, I went to college in, uh, in Chicago and everybody... If you like scroll back through, has their like the first week they went into Chicago town from uh, from Evanston where the college was, and all they would do is go touch the bean and eat a big piece of pizza and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> Who approved uh, the bean? 
Was it Rahm Emanuel? Um, I already forget. I want to. It might have been Daly. I honestly don't remember anymore how long it's been there. It was probably Obama when yeah. he was mayor of Chicago. Oh, it's technically called the Cloud Gate. Yeah. The Cloud Gate. Yeah. Um, people just called it uh, the Bean because it looks like a bean, and people don't really want to think too much about public art installations so it's just the bean yeah it's like whoever designed it was like oh the you know the fact that it's angled makes the sky bend or whatever and then whoever goes over there is just like oh i'm gonna take a selfie on the shiny thing (laughs) looks like a bean people really wrung the life out of the postmodernist thing of having reflective surfaces (laughs) it's true yeah it's self-reflective it represents the zeitgeist been doing that for 70 years now. Yeah, Get a new thing. absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I'm thinking at least the bean, it's like a thing you can go do in the city. This this kind of music makes me think of like I'm going to like Saskatchewan and just taking photos with every Mountie I see, just smiling <laughs> with them. Uh, well, I also like the idea of, as you were saying, pitching this towards Americans of Canada uh, reorienting its entire culture to just be the like America's jester. Yeah, like exactly, just self-effacing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's maybe you know maybe subconsciously that's why most of these bands wear funny hats. Yeah, jester, literal jester hats on Moxie Fruvis, uh Cat in the Hat hats. Um, you know, all the all the best hats. And then Chris is in America sitting on a throne like I grow weary of this and <laughs> Br- sending them to the dungeon. Yes, bring me bring me a new novelty uh, cultural act. <laughs> uh that's why I think part of that is that's why when I first got into Trailer Park Boys it was such a revelation because it felt both so so Canadian but so devoid of any of that like oh we're just goofy America's goofy hat. It's like very much like no fuck you this is this is how we live yeah 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 they actually own it they own it and like make it their thing rather than winking at you like yeah exactly it's definitely even though it's set on the east coast it's definitely the most accurate depiction of like canadian rural life uh out there you know like it's just the same in british columbia and when it came out like everything else around it you know the cbc had tried to had tried to sort of appeal to the rural areas by doing like oh there's a show called Little Mosque on the Prairie or whatever you know <laughs> and they all just suck ass and then Trailer Park Boys is like no this is how it is Wait, I mean they it's... did a Little House in the Prairie but it's in Canada uh, <laughs> yeah they had weren't a, they in North, North Dakota? Dakota yeah they, they had a, they have a show called Little or they had a show called Little Mosque on the Prairie which uh, was like unwatchable oh Little Muslimic Little Mosque Little... on the Prairie. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that reminds me of a show I had to watch in German class called Turkish for Anfinger, which is like <laughs> Turkish for Germans. That was just a show about a Turkish family living in, in Germany. That was like a German sitcom. Uh, I remember having to watch it. I don't remember anything about it because, A, I was watching it in German, and I was very bad at German. And then, B, it was also a German attempt at comedy, so none of the premises made sense. There was no actual comedy. It was just... A Turkish man going about his day. He is, yes. he is a, oh, very funny. He is a gastarbeiter. Um, <laughs> we have a version of that called, but it's called uh, Kim's Convenience. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's on. Uh, we we get that on Netflix or something here. I've heard it's inoffensive. It is inoffensive. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, this next song going to be offensive to us? Canada is really big. Uh, this is probably the most on the nose of this genre. So 
Yeah, let's just go into it. Oh, and also this has a great like early 2000s flash video. Oh, cool. Oh, I love the Windows Movie Maker intros. Thank you very much. When you see that or you see the flash loading thing, yeah. that's when you know you have a good video. Now, we are very, uh, we're very patriotic Canadians. And uh, so we'd like to take this moment to, uh, to, do, our, our, to do our national anthem that, that we wrote. When I look Ugh. around me, I can't believe what, what I see. What is this voice? It seems as if this country has lost its way to live. Canadian voice. This is what you guys sound like, right? Is yeah. Lousy. <laughs> we barely have an army, but we can still stand proudly because Canada's really big. We're the second, second largest, country largest country on this planet Earth. And if Russia keeps on shrinking, then soon we'll be first. As long as we keep Quebec and Quebec wants to separate, I get it. Oh, I like how incredibly dated that is. That's like both for the dissolution of the USSR and for Quebec separatism. Yeah, that's definitely like 94 through 96, basically. Yeah. tell you that France is pretty large, but you can put 14 Frances into this land of Holy shit, I, I just realized they're basically ripping off a classic, uh, much funnier S SCTV bit. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you guys have seen the SCTV episode where uh, Russian television takes over SCTV. No. And they have, a, they have a game show called What Fits Into Russia, and it's just like <laughs> a guy putting uh, maps of other countries into a giant map of Russia. <laughs> That sounds like a much f more well-executed premise than this. Yeah, this is just an unfunny what fits into Russia. But man, do we have a Again, just like listing things. This is worse than the Capitol steps. We stand <laughs> out from the crowd yeah, yeah, it is. At least you can't see the people doing it, though, because it's just uh, like... Compton's Encyclopedia 1992 stock images of Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the arrogant worms are like an institution, though. I feel like they've uh, a, uh, they've been around for like 30 years and are still doing it. I imagine that that's like wh who uh, like you you book for like Trudeau's inauguration or whoever or whatever. I was gonna say, do they do shows that are at like um the kind of venues that have like tables and like wine bottle service and you pay like 85 dollars to see them yeah they have a um like a, a 80 dollar ticket for their residency in a uh, canadian las vegas yeah, yeah. uh windsor ontario yeah <laughs> yes yeah i imagine the arrogant worms uh playing like a snc level in middle management conference <laughs> at like a marriott in kingston yes and and it just being really grim but actually, uh, Arrogant Worms wrote, uh, I think, Last Saskatchewan Pirate is an Arrogant Worms song that uh, that band was covering, right? Yeah, but I I found that out later. I mean, that's how, how surface level this knowledge is, is that I had just downloaded it or originally gotten acquainted to it by this other band's name. Thinking about them playing in like a Best Western and shit is making me realize like they're kind of like Dan Ninen. Yes. But it, there's more charm to him than there is to the arrogant worms. Cause at least Dan Ninen is so bad. Like he's like a certain level of train wreck where I kind of almost enjoy it more. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What is he up to? It's a good question. I think he's kind of dropped off the map. 
he became a Trump guy for a while, but he kind of missed his chance because now we have a uh, a half Indian vice president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he um, could I, ride that for the rest of his career. The last time I remember seeing Dan Ninen is when he was promoting himself by saying, I've done shows for both Obama and Trump. Like, I'm offensive <laughs> to nobody. <laughs> Uh, I, it is kind of delighting me imagining Obama being forced to sit through a Dan Nine Inch set at some like interminable state dinner. Yeah, there's something kind of satisfying about that. Yeah, he had a video where he, um, I guess he was cornered by Dan <laughs> Nine and was like, "Yeah, Dan Nine and uh, 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 let me be clear, uh, Dan Nine and uh, very funny. Uh, I think he's very funny. Uh, I wish they served a dog at the concession stand." <laughs> It's like a 15-second video that Dan Nine has been trotting out for years. You, uh, you won't believe his joke about what he puts on his uh, sushi. <laughs> What's the point of being president of the United States if you can't even be mean to Dan Ninen? Oh, I thought you were going to say if you can't even have him executed. <laughs> well, that too. It's, I, that's like, true. I w- you're the most powerful person in the country. If this is, you still if have this to have is really a democracy... The president should be able to say, this guy should be executed, then we vote on it. And if a majority of people want him executed, it should be done. Yeah, you just uh, you just send in the thumbs up or the thumbs down emoji. Yeah, Obama just makes a Twitter poll. <laughs> we have like 24 hours uh, to vote I, and then they do it. Uh, I am imagining how much it would kick ass if anybody who was president, including Trump, was ha- had to, was like in some kind of perf- live performance for them. Like, I'm imagining, like, I don't know, like a children's choir that won, like, a school contest or something and just got up in the middle and was like, yeah, this this sucks ass. I don't I have better things to do than to watch these people give the thumbs down like it's like a a Christian fighting a lion. Exactly. (laughs) The Secret Service just black bag everyone in the (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Seal the exits. Yeah. And the president's just like, well, I hope the next act is much better. And then you see Gian Gomeshi come out with a snare drum. <laughs> uh, can I read you some of the other names in the pa- Wiki- Wikipedia page, uh, Canadian comedy musical groups? Yes, please. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, of course, A, number one, with a bullet, the arrogant worms. Uh, Buddy, what's his name? And the other fellers. Uh, heard of that. Oh, I'm laughing already. Uh, Corky and the Juice Pigs. Oh, <laughs> Corky and God. the Juice Pigs. That's like a 2000s webcomic where you're just saying yeah. the most random shit. Yeah. Uh, Free Beer, which is actually a pretty good comedy uh, uh, musical group name. That just sounds like a song title by um, Fiddler. Yeah. Invader oh. Zim and the Purple Dinosaurs. Uh, close. The next one is James B. and the Royal Jelly Orchestra. Ugh. I've never heard Ugh. of that. That sounds no, it's a beekeeping joke. Uh, just a few more. Uh, I want to shout out Three Dead Trolls in a Baggie, which I assume is a comedy jam band. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the two best genres. <laughs> and <laughs> two great tastes that definitely taste great together. And The only uh, thing better than dragging a song out way too long is dragging a joke out way too long. <laughs> uh and the grossest for the last, uh, the wet spots and finishing Ew. up in the Z category is just something called Zimmer's Hole. Oh, man. <laughs> up until those last ones, this could have just been like Nick Jr. here. Yes. Yeah, Ooh. the wet spots. Uh, Zimmer's, Zimmer's Hole is, in fact, a heavy metal band. Is it all Canadian-themed comedy metal? I assume. Oh, yeah. These guys look kind oh, of yeah. like the lordy of uh, Canadian 
Canadian uh, comedy music. Ugh. It's got a dude from Strapping Young Lad in it. <laughs> Genres. Extreme. Comedy rock. <laughs> I guess extreme, it's... that's a genre? Extreme music. Maybe this is like uh, the Canada's answer to um, uh, Tenacious D. Tenacious A? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I would say a good Canadian comedy band, even though they're not super comedy, are the, the Hanson Brothers, which is just no means no playing like Ramon style songs about hockey. <laughs> and it rules. That sounds great. It's really good. Well, that's kind of like the last thing that I brought for you guys, which is um, a band called the Zambonis. Oh, do you want to do a sp- oh, Spadina Bus? Oh, yeah, we have one bus? tangent here from Dan. Yeah, yeah. I had, to, I had to put this in here because the song, I haven't listened to this in years, but I remember uh, it infuriating me as a teenager. So. I think Arlen showed me this after we did the last CanCon episode, or somebody did. Spadina, of course, being a main street in uh, Toronto. Oh, this became a contentious subject when it was posted on my, uh, like someone replied, I don't know if it was Arlen or somebody else, but someone replied with this on Twitter. And then there was this debate about Spadina doesn't have a bus anymore. I was like, oh my uh, god. That's so Toronto. It's amazing. Gotta, Gotta get these Torontonians off my timeline. Yeah. Does Rylan know about this? I feel like he might have jumped into that. I can't remember. It's Musically, like, oh, it's better than the other stuff we've watched. Yeah, at least they have real like, drums in the background. Three saxophone players, but they're, I think one of them's like a baritone, maybe. Yeah, this rocks. But like the aesthetic is the exact same. Like all this goofy hats. hats. These are the kind of white guys who probably call people cats a lot. (laughs) Yes, definitely. They talk like Ryan Schreiber. Yeah. (laughs) No one's wearing a shirt with less than five colors on it. If I was taking the Spadina bus to work in uh, Canada's biggest city and these guys got on the bus, I would be pissed. It would bum me out. Just a couple of hip cats walking around with their saxophones. There's a really aggressive goatee on that dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he looks like he failed an audition for Anthrax and then decided to do this instead. Yeah, good call. <laughs> That's the largest goatee allowed by law yeah. right there. These are very large guys. Is this long enough, fellas? Yeah, how do you find, uh, like, you and your three buddies who have the exact straight, same beanpole body type decide to make a comedy <laughs> jazz band? <laughs> and they're all dressed like Moses or something, like these long flowing robes. Yeah, this guy's got, like, a dashiki on. They're in Chinatown just bothering people. <laughs> and they're towering ever, over everyone, too. They're busking at people. <laughs> like little old ladies who are my height. They're just almost hitting him in the head with a saxophone. It is funny to go up to an old lady and just start blasting a sax in her face. (laughs) I thought old people liked this. I would love to play. Anytime anyone complains about gentrification in uh, downtown Toronto, just just play them Spadina bus and be like, do you really want to go back to the 90s? When just like roving gangs of like tall ginger men would just (laughs) fucking blow some sweet blow train right in your face, you know? 
Sing about the bus. <laughs> Actually, I do want that. This is uh, <laughs> this is what Rob Ford cleaned off the streets. Exactly. One day a real rain is going to come and wash the scum off the streets. <laughs> there should be regulations for busking where it has to be unique enough that it has the same kind of appeal as this. Because four saxophones is great. Four saxophones and a drum set. Yeah. Uh, one guy with an acoustic guitar. No, thank you. Acoustic guitar and a snare drum. No way. Think with the '90s. Four saxophones. Uh, I can do it. '90s Canadian bands were really. Um, they were really trying to uh, disassemble the form of the rock band. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's a very the most generous way imaginable to put it. <laughs> Deconstruct the form. Uh, wait. Can I? Can. I do one more before we get to the last song. Yeah, sure. Something that I was made of, made of. This is also a tangent made aware of recently. Are any of you f- uh, familiar with the um, uh, the show? I I don't even know how to get into this. So this is also from the uh, the Anglosphere, but this is from Australia. Okay. This is a song called "Bloke" by an Australian radio DJ uh, named Chris Franklin, and you'll get what the joke is here pretty quickly. But the thing that I want you to be aware of is that this was a number one hit in Australia over over Australia Day, uh, the year it came out, which means you have to imagine Australia Day barbecues all across the nation with their radios on and this song, because it was a huge hit, pumping out of them. Uh, what year is this about? Well, the it's men at work numbers. This would have been most known for anyway. This would have been like 97 or 98. Me and a whole heap of mates went there for the weekend with a whole heap of cartons of piss. It was the first experience I'd ever had with a film crew. Had this director saying, oh, we need a storyboard. Need to know what each shot's going to look like. I just looked at him and said, mate, see that carton of piss over there? Me and me mates are going to drink it and you're going to film us for the weekend. There's your fucking storyboard. Here's the fucking video clip. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah, you can tell it's 97 by the drum beat. Yeah, shuffling. I hate the new age, guys. I'm a chauvinist. I live on beer and pies. Try to tell ya. So it's kind of like Dennis Leary like asshole. Maybe yeah. I'm an angel underneath. But Australia. Basically. Have brush me teeth. Yesterday I lied. Does it have a really good chorus? But all oh yes. Mates gave me a real good okay, you'll get that it when it gets sense. there. Thanks, guys. I really went out drinking. I told you I was at work. Don't ask me for commitment, cause it's something I will shirk. I'm a bloke. I'm a knocker, and uh. I really love your knockers. I'm oh, a I see what it is. I didn't recognize I the first part of the song. Just feed me more VB, just pour my beer and get my smokes and go away. Or take me as I am. Anyway, I... This, this just seemed like similar in the genre, but more Australia-fied. And then also just m- my continued just like gobsmacking shock that this was a huge hit. <laughs> Uh, and it just makes you think about all these uh, Canadian guys who are doing the trouble of like harmonizing four saxophones or composing acapella po- uh, parts to weird songs about the Prince and the Popper when all you need to do is barely sing over the karaoke track to Meredith Brooks's Bitch and boom, yeah. number one hit. That's right. 
I, I really think this makes it clear, like, who the alpha is in the uh, uh, power pyramid of the Commonwealth, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is some real, this is some some Chad comedy rock, and the uh, the Canadian stuff, I'm sorry to report, is, is very virgin comedy rock. <laughs> yeah. The virgin Moxie Fruvis uh, versus the Chad bloke. Yes. You got me figured out the seasons already changing. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to imagine what this do you being a hit. Yeah, exactly right. There's it's another example of just listing off things. Hey, footy, cricket. I'm a bloke, I'm a knocker, and I really love your knockers. I'm a laborer by day. I think with Australians, I looking at this guy, I feel like he might have actually killed somebody, you know? Like Yeah. <laughs> like there's definitely a Wolf Creek vibe around this dude. <laughs> it's also amazing even in this music video, his his seeming indifference to the whole bit bit. Oh totally. He's just it's just so like just casually threatening, like Yeah, it's like he learned he was doing this an hour before. Yes. <laughs> and he's reading the words, <laughs> which makes it better, I think. I agree. Yeah. Because he's not trying to be funny and epic like a lot of the other stuff we've watched. Even though he did have to, like, go get this beat and write this song and record, like, he had to put work into it, but he is exuding the the effect of that. He, like, rolled out of bed and, like, his friend had a video camera and was like, hey, Chris, we're doing this today. Yeah. And he seems, like, mm -hmm. kind of put out a little bit. <laughs> It works because he's got a mullet and he just seems like a sort of dumb guy. It's like, yeah, he's selling it. Oh, suggested video from him uh, telling people to stay at home. Uh, still rocking the mullet now with a good team. Yeah, he's got the same haircut. Uh, Respect. Got it. Well, I mean, that's commitment to the bit. Once a bloke, always a bloke. Uh, all right. You guys want to hear the great Zamboni of devotion? Yeah. Yeah, we got to. Is there any is there any uh, context we need here to enjoy this one? All right, I'm putting this on because I think this is honorarily in the genre of Canadian com comedic folk. Although this band is from Connecticut, there's a band called the Zambonis. They write exclusively songs about hockey and mostly about Zambonis. Uh, you can see from the still that they went through out of respect to the Zamboni cor Corporation. They went through uh, the trouble of. of getting themselves as a uh, registered subsidiary of Zamboni. Proper <laughs> channels, baby. A registered, a registered licensee of the, the Zamboni company. Uh, I found this song in a uh, in a big, in just a pile of random CDs uh, at the college radio, and I think it actually kind of slaps. So this is uh, The Great Zamboni of Devotion by the Zamboni. Zambonis. The album More Songs About Hockey. I, it's called More Songs About Hockey and Buildings and Food. <laughs> Thrift store th CDs are great. Especially from the 90s. Yeah. You know, just a good sing-along chorus, a good, like, raise your beer, uh, sway it around. Yeah. It kind of uh, fits into a lot of themes from earlier in the episode. You got some horns going during the chorus. Yeah. yeah, I kind of feel like these are these guys are ahead of the curve with the uh, sort of orchestral neutral milk hotel orchestral backing, you know? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that. What year is this? Uh, this would have been ninety nine. 
Well, it even says on the album cover, the horns are played by the the figure skating horns. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it's like just on this side of sincerity that it makes it a little less grating uh, yeah. than the obviously jokey stuff. Well, he's not singing in, a, in some kind of vaguely defined accent, you know? That's, yeah. That helps. It always takes an American to perfect something that Canadians try to do because they just don't have the uh, creative capacity like we do. Well, it, it takes an American to really appreciate uh, the artistry behind, you know, what we would consider to be just like a passing fad or like disposable pop art. Like how the, <laughs> how the you know, how the French kind of um, appreciated the film noir from America before anyone else did, really. <laughs> I believe these guys eventually got commissioned by the NHL to uh, write some songs for some teams. That is oh, man. just truly living the Canadian music dream, like yeah, where the boundaries are, of, of your ambition are very clearly defined. <laughs> That's a pretty good song. Yeah, definitely a pick of the litter, I would say. I would rather the Blackhawks play that at their games than fucking Chelsea Dagger. Oh God. Uh, well, I I recently made a music video power hour of um of of Ott's indie rock and was looking into all these songs and learned obnoxiously that chelsea dagger was the guy from that band's girlfriend's burlesque name and it was supposed to be wordplay uh. on wordplay on britney spears uh. oh that's even worse oh yeah. that sucks <laughs> i hate that song so much dude. i've, I've never that heard that song so much it's really bad, dude. You've heard that song. I have. It's used for... It's just like a... Okay. It's like a soccer hooligan type of anthem, but the Chicago Blackhawks play it at every fucking game 10,000 times. If you listen to it, you'll regret listening to it, but you yeah. will recognize it. <laughs> but uh, on that note, Chris, I know you got to get out of here, so thanks for stopping by and uh, enlightening us here. Absolutely. Um I would I would love to come by anytime and talk more novelty songs. Maybe next time I can tell you guys about soloing over Alanis Morissette, the best novelty band I've ever seen live. Oh yes. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I I will uh, I can go ahead and log off now. But thank you guys so much. For sure. Yeah, we'll see you around, dude. God bless you. On the sunset strip, they got those long long legs and those long long thighs and.